Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. You ready? Thanks for tuning in to episode 25 on January 19th, 2021. Let's talk about the diverse and easy Hoya. Not only can you listen to the podcast, you can find more on houseplant-homebody.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And go check out the blog posts that are associated with all these podcasts as well. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast, my blog, and social media posts. You can also help support your favorite podcasts and blog by joining me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you just can't get enough Houseplant Homebody, don't forget I send a monthly newsletter on the first of every month with also exclusive content and some updates on what happened the previous month. All right, let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by one of my best friends, Sierra, and also a Patreon member for Houseplant Homebody. So thank you for supporting me and Houseplant Homebody, Sierra. I love you very much. Um, I actually met Sierra back freshman year of college. She just transferred in the second semester, and I met her in an art class, which was fun. And we bonded over Harry Potter and NCIS, and we used to sit in our dorm rooms and just binge watch NCIS DVDs that I had. So thanks, Sierra. appreciate it. I love you, and thank you for supporting me and House by Homebody. Aren't you guys excited about Hoyas? I definitely am because I didn't realize how many I actually had at home until I went and photographed all of them for the blog. So Hoyas are definitely one of the most diverse plants out there with different growth habits, leaf shapes, flower colors, and just all within the Hoya genus. Hoya can have thick rubbery leaves, but yet some have really thin, almost like stick pencil-like leaves, not even that thinner than that. So they range in lots of different shapes, colors, and sizes. There are a few common names for Hoya. They are wax plant, porcelain flower, wax vine, and honey plant. But around these parts, we call them Hoya, or I've heard them as wax plant too, but most people are commonly calling them as Hoya. And as I described earlier, there are a ton of different varieties because of all those different leaf shapes, color sizes, growth habits. So I'm just going to go over a few of the popular ones, but I have a lot of different varieties listed on the blog posts associated with this podcast, so make sure you check that out. So the most common varieties are Hoya carnosa, Hoya publicaix, Hoya curie or carry, Hoya kentiana, Hoya obovada, Hoya retusa, Hoya Linares, Hoya Curtsii, I believe, and Hoya Australis. So there's probably about four other ones on the website that I didn't list here, but the ones I listed are probably what's mostly in a houseplant collector's collection or just a person that's buying houseplants is probably going to end up buying these because they're easy to find at garden centers or plant shops. So of the ones I just talked about, There are some very popular varieties that I'll go over. So the Hoya carnosa is probably the most commonly found in garden centers and houseplant shops because there are just so many different varieties out there under this one and other cultivars that people love to have. And I actually have, I believe, three of them. So there is, for example, Crimson Queen, 
but crimson with a K, <laughs> crimson princess, which is also with a K, exotica, tricolor, compacta, which is also called Hindu rope. And most of those are variegated in some kind of way. And the Hindu rope is just plain green. I have that one as well, but it also comes in variegated. That variegated Hindu rope is really expensive. <laughs> I had a houseplant shop up in Nina, Wisconsin. There's one called Water Farms that had them, but they were in a four inch pot for like 50 bucks. So they do have some rare varieties within the Hoya genus. So that is definitely one of them. But the Hoya carnosa in general is one of the most popular and one of the most common varieties of Hoya out there. The next one, Hoya publicaics, has some other common ones. The only one that I've really seen is called Splash and it has like speckles of white. It almost looks like you dip your fingers in white paint and then you flick your fingers at the plant and that's what it looks like. So I've only seen just like Publicaix as is and Splash. I have a Publicaix. I honestly don't know if it's Splash or not because it does have some white in it, but I don't know if it's enough to be a Splash. <laughs> But there are lots of other varieties that I've also heard of, just never seen, such as red buttons. I've also heard of uh, jungle garden or black dragon. So those are all different varieties out there. The next one, Hoya Kari or Kari, I don't know how to pronounce that one. It's also commonly called the sweetheart Hoya or there's a variegated one too. A lot of times you'll just see these sitting in a pot and they look like a heart and it's just one leaf. That's these guys. So the annoying thing about that is that since it's just one leaf, it can be propagated that way. But these guys are such slow growers from a leaf that it's going to take forever for that plant to get any size whatsoever. So just expect it to stay just in that form of that heart its whole life that you have it. If you want the plant that is like a vine, like the rest of them, then buy a bigger plant with a vine already off of it with a few leaves. The Hoya Kentiana also comes in a variegated form, and that's just like a thinner leaf. The Hoya obovata is also one that I have been dying to get. It's a giant circular leaf, like it looks like a giant circle. And there's a, also just like the Publicaix, there's a splash version of this one too. And those are really the only two of just like the plain green one or the splash version that I've seen. Hoya retusa, there's really no varieties or cultivars of it that I've seen. It's just Hoya retusa. Also, Hoya linearis is the same thing. And Hoya curtsii, I believe, is like the same thing. Australis has a few different varieties out there too. But I currently have, I think, the Crimson Princess. It's hard to tell the difference. I believe I have the tricolor. I have Hindu rope. I know that. I have the publicaics, potentially the splash. And I have Hoya retusa, which I just got. And I'm super excited I found that because I hadn't seen a Hoya retusa or linearis in the Milwaukee area in a very long time or really at all. Again, I wasn't really looking for it, but when I found the retusa, I actually found it at Milliger's in Sturdivant, Wisconsin. And it was only Oh man, I don't remember what it was. I put it on my plant wins highlight on Instagram. I think it was only like $11.99 or something. It was in a four inch pot, but I thought that was a steal because to me, the Linares and Retusa are a little bit more rare. 
So I got the curtsy eye from the water farms place that I was looking at that variegated Hindu rope. And the curtsy eye, I think I got for like $6. There's only a few leaves, but for six bucks, heck yeah, I can wait. <laughs> so that's kind of the other variety names and common names cultivars and the most popular ones that are out there. But for sure, Hoya Carnosa is the most popular and the most common one out there. All right, so next we're gonna jump into the sun requirements and the water requirements with humidity. So for the sun requirements, Hoyas are fairly easy plants because they can tolerate kind of a range of moderate light to really thriving in bright light. So I say bright light because they can handle some direct sunlight and like it, but they don't like it all day baking in the hot afternoon. They prefer to be in bright indirect light with a little bit of direct light if possible. For me, I have a south window that gets blocked by a building next door by like noon, one o'clock, which is perfect for some of the plants that can handle that direct sunlight, but not all day. So I have a couple in that window and they're doing great. I also have one in an east window that is doing really well and I have one in a west window that's doing really well too. So if you want your Hoya to bloom, then you have to put it in as bright of light as possible with a little bit of that direct sunlight is best. If you don't necessarily want it to bloom or you don't care and you just love the foliage and that's the point of buying it, then it can definitely tolerate being in front of a north or east window. You may lose some variegation or it might not be as bright of a difference being in a north window, for example, because that doesn't get any direct sunlight or really bright light. But an east window will give you some more direct sunlight in the morning, but just not as harsh as the afternoon like the west and the south windows will. So it's a pretty diverse plant when it comes to the sunlight needs, but for this plant to thrive, put it in a bright window with a little bit of direct sunlight. Cool? All right. For water requirements, different varieties require slightly different things, but they kind of all have a consistency with them. So most Hoya will show you when they need water. When the leaves start to shrivel, this is a sign that they are pretty thirsty. So you want to make sure you water them at that point. Obviously, it's best not to let them get to that point. But if you're trying to figure out a good watering pattern and you don't want to overwater them, that is a good way to tell. In general, Hoya like to be fairly moist. And this is weird because if you've ever felt their leaves, they're rubbery, they almost feel like a succulent but they're not. I believe there is a couple of the varieties that are considered succulent, but most of the Hoya are not succulent. So they don't retain the water like a succulent leaf would as much. So for most of them, and I say this with caution because there are some weird differences out there, but of all the ones that I listed in the most popular varieties, they like to be fairly moist. So you wanna make sure that top layer of soil dries out before watering again, but you don't wanna let them dry out completely before you water again. In the winter, you can cut back on the watering since the sun isn't as bright and it's not as warm and this won't dry out your soil as fast. Plus the plant's not working as hard. It's not producing leaves as fast as it would as the peak season growing season. But in the winter, you can allow almost all the soil to dry out. So not just that first layer, but almost all of it. So for example, if you are watering weekly in the summer, I'm not saying you should water weekly, 
It's based on your environment and how where you have the plant. But for example, if you were watering weekly in the summer, you'd probably end up watering every other week or every week and a half or something like that. So for the winter, for me in Wisconsin, that means basically end of October is when I notice a decrease in plant growth in general, or, you know, sometimes plants are stopping blooming about at that point or something like that. But I start back up my normal fertilizing, sometimes watering, depending on how it's going in like end of February. But I'm kind of noticing now in January, my plants are using more water than normal. I'm noticing them drying out a bit faster. And I wonder if that's because they're just starting to want more moisture to produce new leaves. So I'm gonna have to watch that more. I had a Hoya that um, one of the stems dried out and I had just watered it the week before. So that was my headcanon. So anyways, as I said, I want you to also keep in mind that your watering is different from everyone. The type of light you have it in, the type of environment you have it in, what kind of sun it's in, if it's outside during the summer versus inside, that all changes how often you water. You can monitor your watering by sticking your finger in the soil. That's the easiest way. You can also monitor it by picking up your pot if it's small enough, obviously, but picking up your pot to see what it feels like watered versus what it feels like dry. So that way, you know, based on the weight of the pot, when it needs to be watered. Or probably the simplest thing in the least dirty thing is buying a moisture meter reader. And you can find those on Amazon for super cheap. Those are all different options to track the watering. But for Hoya in general, they like to be fairly moist. So let the top of the soil dry out and then water. Okay, so we talked about sun requirements and water requirements, but let's talk about humidity. This is a very important component to Hoyas thriving in your house. So if you want Hoyas to be to their full potential, blooming, having leaves growing like crazy, stems growing feet long, then humidity is also a key to their success. So putting it in a moderate to high humidity environment definitely will help it. For example, I put my Hoya Publicaics in my little Ikea greenhouse that I have. It's only like a foot and a half. I'll link it in this section on the blog, but I put it in that greenhouse. And as soon as I put it in that greenhouse, the stem shot up out of the greenhouse. Currently, it's like a foot and a half long. And when I had the stem before I put it in the greenhouse, it was probably only a few inches long. I cannot believe how fast it grew and it is loving it. So I actually put my Hoya Curtsii in there recently too, hoping that would help. But I also have in that greenhouse, I have a Pilea, I have a Peperomia, I have a string of turtles. No, string. Yeah, no, I do have a string of turtles. I have a string. No, I took that out. I have a ZZ leaf, um, a variegated ZZ leaf propagating. I'm doing this all by memory. Okay, what's in that corner? Oh, I have a Maranta in there too, or a prayer plant. Oh, I have a silver dollar vine in there. That's that other one I couldn't think of. But anyway, that is in what's in my greenhouse. But this by far has shown the most progress in there. Oh, that's a lie. Probably the prayer plant too, but they like a lot of humidity. But I still couldn't believe how fast this grew. And that's the only little greenhouse I have. I also have a humidifier in another part of the house, but I don't run it every single day. I try to, but I don't. So that greenhouse had the most potential for this plant, clearly. So I plan to buy a couple more of these to hopefully help more of the plants grow faster. (laughs) Um, But again, humidity, really important. If you can increase it, 
whether it's by getting that little greenhouse from Ikea. By the way, it's only like $19.95 or something, which isn't bad. And other options to increase humidity would be to place a tray of pebbles under it and keep those pebbles moist. That way that increases the humidity around the pot. You could mist your plant daily. That also helps in the fact that this plant is very rubbery. It's not going to hold the moisture on the outside of the leaves like, for example, an African violet would because it's so fuzzy. So that could work. You could also place it next to a humidifier that you hopefully would turn on every day and that would also increase the humidity. Probably your cheapest option would be the pebble tray because you could use a saucer and just put like pea gravel in it and then you're good. But if I'm being honest, I really only have that one Hoya inside of the greenhouse getting consistent humidity. The other ones are not in a place that get consistent humidity or an increased humidity. I have all of the rest of them near a window. So when I do spritz them, they get it, but I don't do it very often. And they're still doing well and they're still growing, but I just noticed that one in the greenhouse is growing way faster than the rest of them just because it does have that access to humidity. So if you don't have the resources to increase that humidity, Hoya will do fine. They will grow, but if you really want them to thrive, if you want them to flower, if you want them to grow faster, if you increase that humidity, that will really help. Okay, so let's move on to fertilizing and propagating. Okay, so as I say every time, and I say that I say this every time, (laughs) there is really no totally wrong way to fertilize your houseplants. Obviously, if you over-fertilize, that could have some consequences, but there's really not a lot of products out there or um, instructions on ways to do it that is wrong, in my opinion, or that I have found. So, I will give you what I do and then what one of the books that I have recommends. So um, for the book, it's called Practical Cactus and Succulent Book, which is funny because I just talked about how Hoyas aren't really succulents, but there are some varieties out there that are. Anyways, it recommends the following. Apply a half-strength liquid fertilizer once a month from spring to late summer. And that is all they write. And I found very similar instructions throughout all of my houseplant books. Super basic half-strength fertilizer, liquid fertilizer or houseplant fertilizer. So currently, I use an Espoma product called Indoor Liquid Plant Food. That's just a fancy name for houseplant food. And I use it with slightly less than the recommended strength because it's always better to under-fertilize your houseplants than over-fertilize them. And I do it every month during peak season. I usually start that cycle at the end of February, beginning of March, depending on how my plants look. But honestly, based on how they're growing, I might start it now. Who knows? Anyway, and I probably fertilize through October with that monthly consistency. But in winter, I fertilize every two months or so with the same diluted liquid fertilizer. Realistically, I only fertilize in December in the winter because at the end of February or February in general is when I start back up my monthly fertilizing. So that so far has worked for me. And the liquid fertilizer is something I did new this year. I used to use a slow release fertilizer, but with a liquid fertilizer, I liked that I could control the fertilizing a bit more and I could give it a little bit more of a boost on a monthly basis. And I know slow release fertilizer does the same thing, but I don't know. It's something about fertilizing your plants makes you feel good. You can see the progress kind of. (laughs) So let me know if you do it a different way. Comment on the bottom of my blog post 
or even on this podcast and let me know if you've done it differently. There are so many ways to do it and there's so many ways to succeed with it. That's just how I've done it. Okay, so propagation. Super simple. I've never tried it myself because I actually gained all of these Hoya plants this year and or I guess this past year. My God, it's 2021 already. In 2022. Oh, no, no, wait. Oh my God, the years. In 2020, (laughs) I gained all of my Hoya. I didn't have them before. So I bought them all as they were pretty small. None of them were really big enough to try to propagate. So the way to propagate them is with stem cuttings and it's super easy. It would just be like you do with a pothos. You cut just below a leaf or where a pair of leaves are, and you place that cutting in water or in moist soil after you take off those bottom leaves. So it'll just be where the leaves kind of came out is where the water will be growing those roots from. So whatever, I guess, whatever part you're going to have in the water, you need to take off those leaves because the leaves are just going to rot off anyways in the water. And then you just would increase the humidity because that helps the propagation of these guys a lot. So the book I have called Dr. Houseplant says, and I quote, maintain humidity by securing all inside a plastic bag or by protecting with a propagator. Rooting happens within six weeks after which the cuttings will be removed from their protection. So if you don't have a propagator, you could use plastic to-go containers and these act as actually really good propagators. So, for example, we get noodles and company a decent amount in our household, and those are amazing propagators. Have I ever used them as them? No. Have I made a mental note to use them if I can? Yes. (laughs) So, if you've done it a different way, let me know too, and feel free to comment and let everyone else know. I just love to hear what you guys have done because really the whole point of this Houseplant Homebody podcast is to share my experience and I love sharing everyone else's experience and seeing all the different ways you guys succeed with plants. So let me know what you've done and what has worked. But honestly, the plastic bag is probably your cheaper route. (laughs) Okay, let's go into some other facts and round up this podcast. So this plant is part of the Apocynaceae family. I hope I'm saying that right, or the milkweed family. It's primarily native to tropical rainforests in Australia and Asia, but according to Plantipedia, the book I have, they're also found in the Philippines, New Guinea, and Polynesia as well. Other plants that are in this milkweed family are string of hearts, star jasmine, milkweed, obviously, periwinkle, or commonly called vinca, and amsonia. So milkweed, periwinkle, and amsonia around here are perennial. String of hearts and star jasmine around here are house plants that won't survive outside, but still pretty. I think I have, I definitely have string of hearts. I have two of them. Um, star jasmine. I have a jasmine, but I have no idea what kind it is. It looks similar to that one. Anywho, so to go into a little bit of detail about the Hoya look, what it looks like, what the flowers look like, all that stuff. So the foliage in general on a Hoya can be anywhere from thin and stick-like to the completely round obovata varieties, to willow-like shaped leaves, which is the Kentiana, or ovals. Almost all of the Carnosa are oval-shaped, and the Publicaix is like a long oval, and I guess the Raytusa and the Linares I probably should mention are like the thin stick-like ones, but they also come in like a spade almost, 
It's kind of like a spade shape. The curtsy eye kind of looks like that. So those are kind of all the different shapes that they come in. When it comes to the foliage, the stems grow first. So I don't know if you've seen Hoyas in store or maybe you have them and you noticed all of a sudden this like kind of weird stem just pops out and there's no leaves on it. It's like, what is happening? That's what they do. I have an image up on my blog that it zoomed in on the stem instead of the leaves and you can kind of tell how tall it is with that. But if you see a long empty stem coming off of a pretty healthy plant, do not cut it off. Eventually leaves will form on it and that's just how it grows. It's kind of cool. So for color wise, you're going to find the leaves in a range of green, white, cream, red, and pinks and a combination of those too. So some of them have white speckles, like the splash varieties I was talking about earlier, like basically white paint just like flicked onto the leaves. And they do flower, which is amazing. And this is a reason you could buy one of these plants because you can get it to bloom in your house and they are beautiful. And I am dying to see if that happens for me since I just got these. But as long as you put them in as much sun as possible and you raise the humidity, that definitely increases your chances of flowers happening. So the flowers range from white, yellow, pink, red, and a combination. And they almost form like a balloon and burst when they bloom. It's so cool. It almost looks like a star when they bloom. They're so pretty and they're pretty fragrant too. So that's also a very good reason to have these. I've seen a lot of people on Instagram with their Hoyas flowering near the end of the summer. So that was pretty cool to see. And they were all houseplants. Some of them were outside. So it's definitely possible. And a fun little side fact, the Hoya Linares has a slight lemon scent. <laughs> so put it in your kitchen. It'll smell nice. <laughs> Um, oh, also for the flowers, they do drip nectar. So make sure you're putting it in your home accordingly. Make sure you're not hanging it over furniture or anything because you don't want it to get ruined or nectar on it. So as a slight side fact, just so you know. So I said these stems grow really tall, really like awkwardly long, and then they produce leaves. But because of that, because of those stems, they are most of the varieties are epiphytes, so you can actually train them to grow on trellises or a lot of times you'll see these plants on like metal rings and that's just because they'll wrap around them, not necessarily grow roots over them, but they'll just continue to wrap on them because that's just in their nature to do that. And a couple other random facts. These are non-toxic to pets according to the ASPCA. I did see a couple sources say that milkweed in general, which is part of the milkweed family, has a sap that sometimes irritates people's skin. So in that way, you may have some effects because of that, but the ASPCA claims that this is not toxic to pets, which is fabulous because we need more plants out there that are not toxic to our pets. Two more things. Hoyas can't tolerate cold weather. So make sure they are out of drafty windows and doors and keep it in a bright window even through winter to help increase that temperature around the plant. If you have it in a south window that has like dappled light, it's going to love it there because it'll be really nice and warm in the summertime. And my last fact for you, their root system on Hoyas love to be really snug and compact. So if you can wait two to three years before repotting, this will actually help the plant. And you don't want to repot every year because it'll stress it out. And the more soil it has around it, the less it likes it. So if you can have a little bit more of a compact root system, that's what they prefer. 
And when you do repot, make sure you're only increasing the size pot by a little bit. Don't go up from like a six inch to a 10 inch because it'll hate that. (laughs) Thanks for listening to episode 25 of Houseplant Homebody, all about Hoyas. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this podcast. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog tab, you'll find it there. Also, there are links to Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC on my website. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast and make sure you're doing all the commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast, my blog, and social media posts. I love to hear from all of you and what you've learned through your own experience or through this podcast. And you can also help support your favorite podcast and blog by joining me on Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content, and exclusive podcasts. So your support means everything to me, and I am very excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. And don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for more podcasts and corresponding blog posts. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. But hello again. As always, I have a little bit of an update for you. I updated my website just ever so slightly. On the podcast page on my website, I now have an area where you can actually listen to the podcast there as well. So, for example, someone like my mom who didn't have Spotify or anything, uh, she didn't quite know where to listen to it. So, now she could go directly to my website and just listen to the episodes there. Obviously, if you're listening to this on a different platform, continue doing it. But if you want to just go right to my website and play the episodes right there, you can. And the blog posts will be directly linked to those podcast episodes as well. So you have them. And speaking of, don't forget to check out the blog post that goes with this episode. It will be up the same time that this podcast comes out on Tuesday. Also, just as a reminder, I do have a bunch of Hoya pictures in that blog. So if you really wanted to know which plants I was talking about visually, definitely go there. And in the bottom of my blog, in the fun facts section, I list the varieties that I have in order from the top to the bottom of the blog. So that way you know what you're looking at. All right, hope you guys have a good week and I'll see you with a new podcast on February 2nd. Bye-bye.